T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Locker cleanup day yesterday. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott to speak today. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Western Hotline. A busy man these days. Sal, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. So timeline for today is what? Let me, let me make notes in uh, in our programs today. Sean McDermott will speak at 11 a.m. today. So we'll be down there carrying that live for you on the Extra Point Show. And then Brandon Bean will be at 12 p.m. So I'm sure in some way, shape, or form that'll be on WGR Sports Radio 550. So, um, But, yeah, that's the lineup for today. We'll hear from both the head coach and the general manager. All right. So the two, uh, the Brain Trust, they'll speak today. Yesterday was about players some who know they'll be back and some who won't. Uh, where, where do you want to start, Sally? Start Gabe Davis? Like, I, I was listening when Davis was on, and it seemed like, uh, I mean, Joe said it right away when Davis was speaking. It sounds like he is as good as gone. I mean, open to returning, of course, but the fact that there had been uh, seemingly no discussions through the year, it sounds like Davis is going to hit that market. Well, he's definitely you know planning on hitting free agency. I always want to be careful with as good as gone. I think a lot of people thought Matt Milano would be as good as gone, and he was going to become a free agent. Uh, that same offseason was John Feliciano and Daryl Williams. All of them returned. I mean, you never know what you can do. You never know how it will play out. I mean, the Bills may be thinking, sure, we, we let him in. I'm sure we're going to hear from Brandon Bean when he talks. He'll probably say something along the lines of, Gabe's earned the right to go to free agency, and you know we support that, and if he wants, and we're, we'll be here and in contact with him. And I don't know. It does sound to me like, you know, you know, Gabe's four years here, the last um, uh, maybe year especially has been a little rough as far as, you know, targets and things like that. Maybe he's looking for something different, but he said he loves Buffalo. He'd be very open to coming back to Buffalo. He said he loves everything about Buffalo. So, yeah, I mean, sure, you hear that and you think, okay, they can't afford these guys going to market. He's probably gone. I just, I always want to kind of leave some space for you. Never know that he might not get what he wants on the open market and then decides, I got a good situation with Josh Allen and Buffalo and I can come back. I do wonder what that number is for the Bills. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know, Sal. Like, how bad should right. they really want him back? Right, right. I, my guess is it would have to be pretty low, mm-hmm. but you never know. Um, today, we might find out a little bit about that. Like, how do they feel they're close? Do they feel like um, they're searching for something? You know, they're hitting their head against this divisional round. Some might think it's about the Chiefs. Other might, others might think it's just about these teams they run up against in this round of the postseason. But the the questions today for Bean and McDermott will be will be interesting to kind of parse through as we get their answers on why they are falling short again. Because, you know, it's, it's the same spot three years in a row. 
Yeah. I agree. I agree. And like, I mean, there's going to be a lot of questions about how to manage the cap and what they can do. And, um, you know, I saw even Aaron Schatz wrote something like this was it. This was their chance. They have, you know, their salary cap situation is bad. And yeah, I mean, you look at it. Certainly it is. And we all know that we all know this is coming. I'll always maintain that as long as you have Josh Allen, <clears throat> you have a chance. And, um, you know, there are things you can do. There are tweaks and restructures. There are pe- people that you can release, but it's it's going to be more challenging. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, a player like Gabe, I think about that position, and you guys say, like, I wonder what that number is. And I agree with you. I don't know. But I also look at it as if you don't get Gabe, you might have to get somebody else that kind of number. I, I mean, it'd be ideal, right? We can all sit here and be on the, the Jeremy Wide receiver train and say, draft one in the first two rounds and just go young and have rookie contracts. That's great. I don't know if they feel that they could trust doing something like that, you know, so you're going to have to allocate your money somehow to even replenish some of these guys who leave and you can't just always rely on, you know, the cheapest labor, even though you might have to do that in some areas. Well, this is where this is where, you know, if they feel that way, Sal, that's where the consequence of not doing it in the last three years comes in. It's not all their control, but, you know, and they found their way to doing it. Of course, this is why I wanted to see them do it earlier was knowing that Gabe Davis is up for a contract and thinking I'd like to have assurance or know what you're getting in a second or third year player rather than, okay, Gabe Davis is gone. I guess we got to throw the rookie in there and let's, I mean, the odds are given draft history in the last couple of years and what this class is supposed to be, I, I think it's more likely than not that player will be able to produce right away, but you know. There, there's a, there's Nikhil Harry's every once in a while, and if the guy busts or isn't that good, then you're kind of stuck. Yeah, and there's also areas where even while, even though we may feel like okay, you got to go do that, maybe they feel like they have to have something else somewhere else, right? And and you never know how that plays out. I would say that from the wide receiver group, if you put a you know an arrow up or an arrow down or, or an arrow level, the only one in that group right now that has an arrow pointing up is Kalosha Shakir, right? That we'd all be comfortable saying that with. Um, everybody else, there's question marks about at, at best. Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield. They have Andy Isabella that, you know, they just signed to a futures contract. And KJ Hamler, they're throwing darts right there to see maybe something can happen and hit. But, yeah, I think the only one, Justin Shorter. There's questions on every single one except probably Khalil Shakir. Um, the other guy who talked about his contractual situation, two of them, uh, Mitch Morse. You know, I know there's been a lot of questions about, you know, what he his future might hold because he has a concussion history. Not this year, though. He, he didn't have one, but he did. And that's been the question I asked him right out. And he said he said it was he thought it was even an odd question. He didn't anticipate it. So that's how much he's thinking. Oh, yeah, he's, he'll be back. He said, right. I'm under contract. As long as they'll have me, I'll be here. But then the question comes in. Will the team feel that Mitch Morris had his number and one year left in his contract? What do they feel about doing that? Um, I think he's an excellent player. I think him and Josh Allen together, Josh really trusts him. He's been the anchor of that offensive line in the center for many years now, several years. He's not super old. He just turned 30. So I think you can keep Mitch Morris back, but you know, you wonder what that looks like. And then, of course, there's Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Jordan has a year left on his contract. Micah does not. Uh, Micah said he's been in the situation. He said, granted, not at 32 years old, though. So, you know, we'll see what the future holds for him or 33, whatever that is now, um, what the future holds for him. He said he's going to take some time and uh, have some discussions with his family and decide what he wants to do. And then from there, you have to decide and the Bills have to decide what they want to do. 803-0550. We'll get some calls in with Sal here as we uh, wait for Sean McDermott at 11 o'clock this morning and then Brandon Bean at 12. Chris in North Buffalo. Hey, Chris, good morning. You're on with Sal. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Great job. Uh, love the show. Um, man, 
this hurts so bad every year. Uh, but let me let me just say I'm thankful for the regime. Um, McDee, Bean, they came in here and did a knock-up job, great job. I think we owe a lot of credit to them. Um, but I think sometimes you need a new voice. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look like the guys are having fun. You know, I look on the sideline, yeah, they're having fun sometimes, but we look real tight. We look real tight, and it just seems like a lot of the fun is is lost from the game. And also, one one other thing, really quick, um, with all the defense and everything like that, I I thought we should have learned a big lesson last Super Bowl with the Philly game. The Philly had an amazing D line. It, I mean, it was like hockey. They had like a three line rotation. They had like thirteen guys on the D line rotating, rotating, and they couldn't touch Mahomes. Couldn't touch him. And I think that says a lot about where we need to go that, that we need to really emphasize and put it in the offense. Yeah. So just want to hear what you guys had to say. Thanks a lot. Great job. I mean, you guys are the best. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the kind words. Sal, so I'll piggyback what Chris said with a stat for you that I saw, that in three games in the playoffs against Patrick Mahomes, they have not sacked him, and they have not turned him over. They got the Hardman fumble. But they have not had any success in three postseason games against Mahomes really affecting him in any way. And I guess there's a, uh, you know, there's a choice. Is it pour assets into your defense so that you can? Or is it try to find a different way? Because 0 for 3 on really doing anything, and we know that they have poured assets into their defense in an attempt to do exactly that. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that because it is a tough quandary when you think about how great this D-line was all year, right? I mean... And they have it. They have the. I think they have the assets now. I think they have the players. And granted, Von Miller's not now what he was going to be. You thought he was, and what he was when he came in. Um, they haven't gotten anything back on that. But they, even without Von Miller doing anything this year, guys, <clears throat> they had a, a D line that was excellent all season. And Daquan Jones came back, and you know Ed Oliver had an All Pro season. I know he wasn't voted All Pro. I think he had an All Pro season. Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, who's actually had some success against Mahomes, you know, in a couple of regular season games. So I don't know the answer to that because when 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 it comes up and people say pouring assets and need this, they've done that, and I think it's actually been very good the last year and a half. As the last year, this year was great. The D line played really well. They got to they were the, they had the fourth most sacks in the league. Right. They had uh, I think they had the most the highest sacks per attempt in the league. I think I have to go back and look. It's certainly up there. So I, I don't know. How do you how do you lay blame it? You know, not the assets. I think it's there and the performance. And then I look and say, well, sure. So then it's got to come down to another caller says this. Right. Is it scheme? And you just said, Jeremy, do you do something different? Is it scheme? Could you have done something different against Kansas City? Sure. I guess you could. I, I also want to say, look, you got to you got to win your one on ones. You got to win a battle there. If you're Greg Rousseau, you're Ed Oliver, you're Von Miller, whoever you are, you got to win a battle to get pa- pa- uh, pressure. And by the way, early in the game, there was one time where they did have him spun around, mm-hmm. and bam, he's there, and you don't make the tackle. Like those are the little things that that's not on assets, that's not on scheme. You got to make a play in that, and it's not going to happen every time. I understand, but but in that sense, instance, you say you got to make a play right there. Well, with that in mind. There was a Chiefs game sale a couple years ago where the reaction was, we've got to get Mahomes to the ground, let's go sign Von Miller. And they have four defensive linemen under contract for next year, so do you expect someone, not not maybe to the same, I don't think they can pay another end $100 million, but do you expect there to be defensively a little bit of a theme this offseason of, all right, that group couldn't get them, 
should we try different guys? Do you think they try to bring back the same unit? Do you think they they do you think they think about Sunday enough? I guess to to react to that game in particular when it comes to that unit. I don't know if they do. I I think that this this was a, a failing up front in whatever regard you want to call it, whether that's the players, the scheme, whatever. They didn't do it in this game. But Joe, I think that's a tough thing to do when you say, well, then who are you going to go get? Because again, let me make the same analogy with the Gabe Davis situation, right? Like you're you're not looking at are you going to let these guys go? Are you going to get another Leonard Floyd and play pay him what he got? Are you going to rely? You could have okay, so let's pick a guy. You can bring back a Shaq Lawson or someone just like him, but are you going to pay more for someone like that? And I'm using him as an example because these mm-hmm. are these are guys who are not making a lot of money. They're coming here on one year deals. Tim Settle, like, can you bring him back at cheap or somebody else like him who's cheap? All you're really doing in that situation is pretty much paying another guy probably the same amount that he's better. And is that really, do you think, going to work? Because they're basically at the same spot if you do it that way. 803-0550. Get a couple more calls in with Sal Capaccio here. We'll go to uh, Dennis in Lockport. Dennis, good morning. Hey, good morning. Love your show, guys. Hey, you know, a couple of things. Um, I, I want to get your guys' view on this. CBS Sports had made a, a comment that if Vrabel didn't even get picked up as a head coach somewhere, you know, some of the landing spots, Buffalo is a D.C. or something like that. So I want to hear all what you guys thought about that. I hear people complaining about run, pass, game. Look, it, we need to have a balanced thing. We're finally, I think, starting to get there. Um, having a good, finally, it looks like a running back core that's going to be solid. There. Josh out, and we don't really want dimensional. But that is one of the things I'm, I'm glad to see the Bills are finally established. It's been years since we've had that. And the final thing, you know, everyone, I keep hearing Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. Hey, there's a reality here. Mahomes was part of the key that beat us. Andy Reid and his defensive coordinator beat us. They came up with a good scheme halfway through that game, and we were dominating in the first half. And whatever changed in the second half was enough to get them past the line, which we didn't have. And, and I'll leave it for you guys then to go from there, okay? All right. Well, I think one what of the- they did in the second half was they keyed in on that run that you know you just talked about and being balanced and having that, but they keyed that in. But then when the Bills needed to throw the ball, a their receivers are it's tough for them as we talked about get separation or b Josh put a nice throw somewhere and hit somebody like Stephon Diggs or Trent Sherfield and they didn't come up with it and there was a little margin for error there. Yeah, the, what what they kind of did sell is what we always hear teams doing to the Bills and sometimes the Bills doing to other teams which is let's make you go on a 10 to 12 to 15 play yep. drive and see if you make a mistake and the Bills made mistakes right. and like that, that's it when you got to go six and they did have long drives they did have long drives right. they did but they, but you're right Jeremy at the end at the end or somewhere in the drive you have a loss for three yards now it's second and 13 right yep. I mean like those are the mistakes that happen yep. or a drop or whatever it is like the Bills had five yeah. 10 play drives in this game so yeah wow on, on defensive coordinator that, that's well, that, Hold on real quick. That's a question I I expect today. Not about Vrabel, but will he be defensive coordinator again, or do you think he'll kind of – he'll give that up? It's a good question. Um, There are are questions, I would say, with all three coordinators heading into this offseason. Questions with all three. I don't know if we could have said that, I guess, last year. No, you can't really have said that really uh, any of the last few years. There might have been a question with one or maybe two, but there are questions with all three coordinators going into this offseason. Number one – Joe Brady is not the full-time offensive coordinator. He's the interim. So as of today, basically, he you know doesn't have an official offensive coordinator title. He's just a guy that 
is in the mix, I'm sure, to be the offensive coordinator. We all know he got a look in an interview from the Atlanta Falcons for their head coaching job. I don't know if that was exploratory in case he comes open on the market as a coordinator. That could be the case. Um, So we'll see what their plan is there. He got a very ringing endorsement from every offensive player we talked to yesterday who'd love to see him back. I know sometimes you think, well, guys are going to say that, but it just seemed like they were all very much into what he brought to the table and would like to do that. And then you bring up the defensive coordinator, of course. You know, I think Sean McDermott did a really good job calling plays this year. I think, you know, putting together a defense that was very injured with his staff, they did a nice job. But does McDermott feel that he needs someone to take a little bit of that off his plate? Is that someone in-house if they do that? Al Holcomb, who he hired last year. Eric Washington, who's been here as the assistant head coach now with him. Um, Bobby Babbage, who's done a great job working with linebackers. Those guys are in-house. Is it someone out of house? Is it? A Ron Rivera, a Mike Brabel, someone with a bigger name. I'm not sure if they would go that route, you know, or, you know, this organization under this regime likes to have guys they're familiar with and the, the players are familiar with and know the scheme, know the players. And then, of course, their special teams. Uh, I know that Sean McDermott really likes and trusts, you know, Matthew Smiley, but this is a bottom line business. And the bottom line with special teams was they did not perform at the most critical of times at certain times this year, including. 12 men on the field, including the punt return against the Jets in the opener, including the kicking issues that popped up later in the season. So those are very big question marks with all three coordinator spots. 803-0550. Sal, I, would, I, ask, I guess I would ask you if you tend to agree about some of the offensive questions here. So Joe Brady's, I think, no doubt the favorite to get the job. The Bills do have to do, go through a hiring process. So they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll do that. But my biggest thing on the offense right now is that they have to figure out who they want to be because I feel like this is constantly, whether it's changing or they're trying to find some middle ground or, you know, from going from 11 to 12 and pass catching running backs and matchup nightmares and this and that and yak yards with Ken Dorsey. It's one thing I think this offense lacks. Their their identity is Josh Allen is awesome and they need something more than that. And I, if Joe Brady's going to stay, I hope it's because he has a clear vision of what he can get as the best offense out of Josh Allen. Yeah, I would agree with that, of course, right? I mean, I think that's got to be a part of it. I remember when they moved from Brian Dable left and they moved over to Ken Dorsey, and, you know, there was a, hey, we want to make sure Josh is also comfortable with this, right? It wasn't, and I think too much got made of maybe that kind of comment when Josh wasn't picking the offensive coordinator, But you want to make sure. Well, there's a reason for that. I think that, you know, you have to have an idea of how you want to use Josh Allen. And Josh Allen has to be comfortable with that idea of how he's being used and what the plan is of the offense. So for sure, I think anybody who gets this job is the number one question might be, like, what's your plan for Josh Allen and how to run this offense through him? But I'd also say, you know, once you made this change, look how much he ran. Look how much we were clamoring for it. How For eight weeks, nine weeks, guys, we were all saying here, holy cow, can, we, can you have the guy run a little bit? Can we have these design runs? We got that from Joe Brady. Now, I think the question is, did they do it out of necessity because Sean McDermott said it's go time? And people like to think that McDermott's, you know, telling them what to do, which, by the way, interesting yesterday, I think. Interesting. Kind of unprompted, even though it was on the heels of a question, Josh came out and said, Sean McDermott's never walked into an offensive meeting room and said, you have to do this. He's never told the offense, this is what needs to be done. And I don't know if he said that because he hears people saying that, that that's a theme or that's a, that's maybe a narrative or whatever word you want to use there. I'm not really sure, but he kind of 
just made sure to say that. Well, like the Sean McDermott does not like meddle in the offense. And I just thought it was interesting that he said that. We all know, though, he is the head coach. He has a philosophy. He's even said that it's got to, you know, be a certain way for to work within the program. Um, but I do think that, you know, whoever the coordinator is, is going to probably have that as the number one question about Josh Allen. Now, it's interesting. I think about the KC Chiefs guys on the heels of your question, Jeremy. Like Kansas City, they ran the heck out of the ball and beat the Bills running the ball, essentially. Not Mahomes throwing. Yeah, he had a few passes and guys were open and he made a few dimes. There's no doubt about it. Look at the plan they had coming into this game. This wasn't running through Mahomes. They can't. They ran 13 personnel sometimes. They lo- They ran the ball. like That was their identity against the Bills and the Bills couldn't stop it. So there are times where you have to say, hey, whatever the deep, we have to do what's best for the offense, and it doesn't have to be about our all-world quarterback. That's not what the Chiefs did in this game to beat the Bills. He did have a quarterback rating of 131. Yeah, well, it was, it was <laughs> right. So, like, he didn't have to throw it a lot. It was really kind of a perfect marriage for the Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, which they, was, they just did anything they wanted They to. ran well, and when they threw right. it, it was working down the field. Like, it yeah. was the big chunk plays that they were grabbing. And really like that that is what I really woke up this morning and thinking about the Bills a lot about and this we just talked about receiver a lot. But watching the Chiefs be able to grab chunk plays time after time and the Bills having to go on these long 15 play drives even when they were throwing at the end. I'm not making a run point here. It's more of a where are my big explosive plays? If I'm the Chiefs, I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of that season, I don't know, I feel like the Bills are kind of easy to defend. They you let them have those short well, pass in front of you because it's not Hill, it, Tyreek Hill, it's not Debo Samuel, like Kincaid and Diggs. These guys are fine, but I'm not afraid of those guys with the ball in their hands. Well, I can back up. Right, it's it's a big point about Brady going forward. I mean, we talked on Wednesdays with Joe Marino, the Lockdown Bills podcast. He pointed out that in the last six weeks of the regular season, they were like Josh Allen's quarterback rating with a clean pocket was 29th. Like the the passing mm-hmm. game had been missing for quite some time, so that it wasn't there against the Chiefs is not that big of a surprise. And it, you you'd like to say it was the Davis injury, but Davis got hurt, and they were fine against Miami. They were fine against Pittsburgh by their own standard. But to get to where they were when we knew they were at the peak of their passing game powers, like they, they're just so far away from that right now. And I feel like there's there should be a big time push to kind of get them back there. Yeah, I mean, look, they had uh, some big plays in the passing game. They also ran up, they had a 29-yard run, they had a 28-yard run. I mean, yet they were balanced and they got chunk plays, too many of them, eight of them total, mm-hmm. you know, over 20 yards. The Bills had zero plays over 15 yards that weren't Josh Allen right. runs, zero. Any right. Anything other than a Josh Allen scramble, 15 yards or less on every single play. Like, they yep. never had one over 15 yards. They need that, there's no doubt. The only point I'm trying to make is there are times where it's okay to be like, hey, this this is the this is the defense presenting us. We're gonna be a little bit different. We don't have to. He he did only complete seventeen passes. I know he had one hundred whatever rating, but like the they were they were the embodiment of the kind of game and balance that I think was needed in this type of game. But going back, if you look, they're still throwing it all the time with Mahomes, right? I mean, you go back and look at the last six seven weeks. I did this. It's thirty five passes. It's forty passes. He is the guy it ran through. But in this particular game. You know, they took advantage of what the Bills had on the defensive side and said, we're going to big boy you, we're going to run the ball, and then when we need to pass it, you're going to be too far up because you have to stop the run, and we're going to make plays down the field. Sal Capaccio, he'll be there today, 11 o'clock. Sean McDermott, noon, Brandon Bean. We'll have coverage of uh, those two press conferences here on WGR. Thank you, Sal. You got it, guys. When we get back, more of your phone calls. Howard will uh, not pick the Bills. Brant, he's, he's here. To, he's here to just kind of, you know, 
We, we, we invited Dad back in. Did they, yeah. You know, make us feel better. Talk us Are through. we going to feel better? If I watch him, <laughs> you know what? Yes. If I see if he him. he empties his soul on front of this table yeah. and just like, I, I, I can't, this team, I can't anymore. <laughs> I mean this in the nicest way, but I will feel better if I see him upset. <laughs> is that is that twisted? Hmm. Is that our, I think that is twisted. But as a fan, you know, you like to hear people rant. You like to peep. That's true. When you feel mad or sad and you see someone else expressing that, you're like, all right, yeah, I'm not alone. So, you know, Howard's going Howard's gonna to be mad. And we'll take some more calls. 803-0550, Sabres head coach Don Granato at 930. The Sabres are out west. They play Anaheim tonight, a team that they, I mean, they got to beat them, Joe. They got to beat them if they want to, you know, even pretend to be in a race right now. What would the hot dog be if Anaheim was in town? It's a great question. Doc? It's like a turducken, but like I like it, yeah. but like with a hot dog. <laughs> Speaking Except, of that, yeah. Thank you to the work. listener that sent. I got it today. A jar of sport peppers. Yeah. When the Blackhawks were here, they had sport peppers yeah. on the dogs, and I said I I didn't even know there were sport peppers. Sure enough, here's a jar of Marconi sport peppers, the authentic Chicago style hot dog pepper. Thank you to whoever sent that in. They're perfectly shaped for like a hot dog. Yeah. Right? They're long and skinny. Sport Will peppers. Howard eat a sport pepper? It's not a fruit. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So it's got a chance. We should have we should have him do it. Yeah. Well, good luck. Taste Howard's nice. next. More of your calls as well here on WGR. The Bills window will be as long as Josh Allen is there. You know, people want to compare this rivalry to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning didn't even go to a Super Bowl until he was in his 30s. We just remember how Peyton Manning's career ended. It was like, oh, well, yeah, he's two-time Super Bowl winner and... That's that. I don't know how they reckon with this. Like, I don't know how they get over the hump. But my point is that I think they will get another shot at it. I don't want Bills fans coming out today being like, ah, this was it. This was their shot. Like, yeah, it's going to be a tough offseason. I don't know if it is a coaching change. And it is a good time to ask this because there's so many good coaching candidates available. There's got to be some other pitch here that the Buffalo can throw. Because right now, I, I do wonder if the coaching staff has taken them as far as they can go. That is Matt Harmon. He of Yahoo Sports, also creator of ReceptionPerception.com, which I'll say is the best $30 you can spend. A year Mm. subscription on free agents, Mm -hmm. draft picks. It's all about wide receivers, baby. Woo-woo! And true wide receiver train members, you know. Are you starting a club? Starting. I mean, like a text club. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'll sign up. (laughs) I should. Howard's here to yell about the Bills. You know, I 
I got to tell you, I'm I'm in a much better place this morning. You slept on it? Yeah. The, the whole topic we came in was, all right, you slept on it. How's everybody feeling after you slept on it? I feel much better today. Oh, good. Congratulations. I yeah. mean, they, that doesn't change the fact they're not playing Sunday in Baltimore, but I was in a really dark place Sunday night. I was in a not much better place yesterday. And just I woke up this morning and kind of, I know I'm moving. It's all part of the stages of Bill's grief that we move on at some point. So I'm, I'm ready to get into yet another offseason where we sit here and talk about wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Familiar. I, yeah, I, I, we could probably pull some old clips up from previous years and we'd be talking about the same discussion here. So, yeah. yeah, it was, um, I don't know, guys. I, I, I honestly thought, I really never thought they were going to lose the game the other night. The only, ironically, the only time I thought they were actually going to lose was right before Tyler Bass kicked his yeah. field goal because yeah. he was going to hit it, and then Mahomes was going to shred the defense, yeah. go downfield, and Butker would hit a field goal, and the Bills would lose. Yeah. Right. That's literally the. I'm not making this up. It's the only time I thought, oh my God, they're going to lose this game. Hmm. Yeah, the moment the third and nine pass hit the ground, I, I think I said out loud, they're going to need a miracle. To win this game. And that, that was with with the field goal going through. They were going to need a stop or they were going to need Butker to miss something or yeah. a block. It, like It really was a blur to end because also as Bass lines up, you think, oh, if he misses, it's over. Yeah. I didn't, but yeah. it didn't process that right. <laughs> right. It didn't process at the moment. You're right, because you'd think right. with that field goal, you guys were at the game. I was hunkered down. You'd be on the edge of your seat praying to the football gods, please let him hit this. But I was so hung up into – well, this only ties it, and they can't stop Mahomes, that the moment of Bass really didn't – I didn't freak out over the moment leading up to the field goal because I just didn't feel confident they would win even if he hit the field goal. I felt best – when they got to the 27, right before the two-minute warning, I thought, okay, they're going to come out. They ran for one yard, uh, and they came out of the two-minute warning, and I thought, all right, it's second and nine at the 26. They're just going to keep taking these little – Gains here and there, the, th- the short throws. They're going to work their way down. They're going to run some more clock. Hopefully Kansas City burns their timeouts. Then they will literally score a touchdown with very few seconds left in the game. Yeah, And it just and if they've got a touchdown with 30 seconds left, now Mahomes has to go the length of the field, not right. you know just like 13 seconds field goal. Yeah, and Butker's such a good right. kicker, although he would have been kicking into the tougher end. But still, yeah, I, I really thought they were going to win that game. Howard is not picking the Bills. He's just kind of yelling about it. We're just, we're, we're just one of the – you know, no, check we in. We have the opponents. We do. For next we just want to check in with an end of season. Let's not do that. <laughs> check in on, uh, like, uh, you know, a Pick the Bills retrospective. Pick the Bills, we thank uh, Admark Construction Equipment and Supplies, official construction equipment supplier of the Buffalo Bills, equipment you need when you need it for sponsoring Howard Picks the Bills all year. Thank you, Admar. You had a great time, of course, seeing us each week. <laughs> I did, actually. You're, you're, you're being sarcastic, huh? I know. No, I, no. I love coming in to see you guys. I, I don't miss it, but I miss you guys. Yeah, it's fun coming in here every Tuesday and chatting with you with about this stuff. And uh, look, it's um, I mean, you guys, I'm not going to go over what you guys have been talking about since yesterday morning, but it's, but you, a, it's you, a big off season. Well, you and I texted about this though. I asked you what you thought about the game plan. I didn't like the game plan. I thought the Bills basically stifled their own passing game, their yeah. own offense, and I I didn't mm-hmm. like that. I I think there's a legit. You know, we were having this discussion last night. I'm sure you might have gotten a call or two about Sean McDermott since the week began. And I'm not here to tell you they should fire McDermott. But I'm also here to tell you that every time a playoff loss goes by, I have less and less faith in this guy being the guy who can win three or four playoff games in a year Mm -hmm. and get him to a Super Bowl. So we were doing this on the TV show last night, and and Matt asked both of us, you know, I, I said the question is not will he be back. 
He's not getting fired. The no. Pagulas aren't firing Sean McDermott. I got a better chance of walking out of this studio in 10 minutes with a full head of hair. He's back. So to me, the better question is, is he good enough to win a Super Bowl? And well, I don't know, and I have less faith in that answer every year. Well, it's, it's interesting. The injuries this time, I mentioned earlier, it's kind of like they had holes in the boat. They were trying to do everything they can with holes in the boat. a massive hole right in the middle of the yeah. ship. Mm. So that's that, that, okay, hey, it's one game. You got a, you got a hole in the boat. Three Bills Chiefs playoffs game, mm-hmm. games now. Yeah. Mahomes has nine touchdowns. He has not turned the ball over one time, and they have not sacked him one time yeah. in three games. Mm-hmm. Hey, and by this the is, way, the defensive line was completely healthy right, Sunday right. night. They all the, played. The linebacking core was kaput. Uh, Douglas played, Taron Johnson played, Hyde played, and Poyer played, and the whole defensive line. So I'm, I get it. The middle of the field was a disaster area, and you know, God love AJ Klein for helping these guys out. He should not be trying to find mm. Travis Kelsey. But my point is, there were still professional football players out there on defense for the Bills, and they got gashed. Yep. A and defense designed not to give up the big play gave up eight plays of more than 20 yards. Eight. And that's where I get to, like, criticism of McDermott. You don't even have to make it this vague sense of he can only get them so far. When he goes out, their last four playoff elimination games, they've given up 16 touchdowns, eight field goals, and forced six punts. Oh, yeah. The elimination game, the defense is giving up probably an average of, what, 30 points or something? It's 3.5 yards or sorry, 3.5 points per drive, which people don't really know points per drive that well. The best team in the NFL doesn't get 3.5 points mm-hmm. per drive. So when you, right. if you're going to knock the Bills out of the playoffs the last four years against Sean McDermott, you're scoring at a rate that no team in the league scores at. Right. He, his defenses are getting destroyed Granted, in, the, in these games. Granted, it was Mahomes, Mahomes, Burrow, Burrow, and Mahomes. Mahomes. But hey, this just in. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, you're not beating yeah, Mason Rudolph right. in Pittsburgh every week. That's yeah, a, that, But that's a criticism we've already heard about them. Wasn't it Steven Ruiz before the season that told us that the way the Bills' defense has been constructed for years is that they're perfectly well-suited to dominate against bad quarterbacks, and the moment they play great quarterbacks, they, they can get they, you can pick them apart. And that's what we've seen in all these playoff games. Yeah. So we got Sean McDermott at 11 o'clock today, Brandon Bean, noon. What do you want to hear? Well, I don't. I've never gotten a sense that Sean gives you his true feelings in press conferences. I would be more in tune, rather, to what Brandon Bean is going to talk about. And I would like to hear Brandon Bean say something about we still got to make the offense better. I mean, come on. This game was there for the taking. And in three, in the fourth quarter, the offense got shut out. They, they just went 0 for 3 on their drives. Look, I need this team to redo their wide receiver core. Even the guy at the top has me worried now. I'm yeah. not saying about whether he's unhappy, happy, he didn't talk to the media. I'm talking about his actual production. Right. Now, maybe he played with a bunch of injuries because he hit, if you look at his numbers, he hit a wall in the middle of the season. And mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs' numbers over the last nine games were like um, Trent Sherfield's numbers should have been. <laughs> You know, they were not good. Like he, it, he almost completely disappeared from the Bills' offense. Gabe Davis is not going to be re-signed. I wouldn't spend the money on him. I like Shakir. You know, Sherfield was a one-shot deal. Hardy doesn't even play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they, they really need to get, A, your wide receiver train needs to show up on the first night of the draft. B, go get a real receiver in free agency that's in the league now and bring him in. You have to redo your receiving core. Yeah. You might need to find your next, like Joe has mentioned, 
John Brown or Emmanuel Sanders, like a one-year guy that's, that's right. not going to be too much of a commitment, and the cap yeah. might make that tough. Beasley, Beasley was a, when they a brought, great pickup when he first right got when him. they did Brown and Beasley, they were mid-tier signings that yeah. boomed. Yeah, and for a couple of years we had it where, hey, watch the Bills will get a guy and he'll come have his best career season in Buffalo with Josh Allen, and then the Bills just kind of let that all die. Right. So I'm I'm wondering today if Brandon Bean flat out says because he has done this before. He is he's not one to shy away from. I didn't do a good enough job of mm-hmm. blank. Yeah. I really blew. He flat out said I blew the 2018 draft. Mm-hmm. Does he say I didn't get the job done at receiver? We know they were chasing Beckham. We know they were chasing Hopkins. They got priced out on those. The fact they were even interested in those guys was yeah. a red flag that they knew they needed more right. and they couldn't afford to pay it. So. Here or we go are. back to last year when they pulled Cole Beasley and John Brown off their couches. Right. right. But the problem is, that's the way, like, the offensive line <laughs> is back. Cook is back. Kincaid and Knox are probably back. Yep. So you don't have a lot of openings on the offense. Wide receiver is the one staring you in the face. Here's the other problem, though. All the stuff they're going to talk about, everybody's going to be yelling about the defense. Because, mm-hmm. Well, you're assuming Bernard and Milano are back, but you might be down both safeties. Mm-hmm. You should probably get another cornerback, even if Trey White is back. He hasn't played a full season since 2020. Mm-hmm. And you've got eight free agents on your defensive line. Yeah. So I think Brandon Bean, I think a lot of questions are going to be going on about redoing the defensive side of the ball. But I sure hope wide receiver is at the top of the list, and then you can worry about defense. Well, McDermott's already got plenty of heat. One more loss in this spot. Yeah. And I think he loses almost everybody. Right? At that point, it well, would be like comical. Maple Leafs losing in the first round levels of stupid. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, how many times will they let it go in this? How many times can you lose at the same spot every year before it's like, okay, enough's enough? But it only it's all, it comes down to one guy. What does the owner think? I know what you think. I know what you think. What does the owner think? At some point, it, again, we don't know what the point is. At some point, the owner's got to share the same feelings of... What is happening? Why are we losing in the same round every single year? I'm not sure he would do that. Unless the GM goes to him and says, I love Sean, but we got to make a change. And I don't know that that would ever happen. I really don't see that. Yeah. All right. Hey. Other than that, things are great. Yeah, right. The yeah. weather's nice. <laughs> it's been snowing all morning. It's been snowing for like three years. Yeah. Every day we're cleaning off cars around here. Man, what's your what's your dream Super Bowl matchup? Oh, it's got anything the, it's, that doesn't have the Chiefs. Yes, it yes. has to be the Ravens. Uh, we were just discussing this on over on Ben. The Chiefs are now in New England mode. I don't mean from our standpoint as a Bills fan. I mean as a football fan. Yeah, America does not want to see Kansas City ruin another Super Bowl. No, you're they're, sick of them. They're I, there I agree. now. Can't. I, I'm rooting for Baltimore. I got a question for you guys. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, I would be all over the Detroit Lions because they've never won anything. There's a little voice in the back of my head says, if they win, that's another fan base that gets a Super Bowl oh. before the Bills do. I'm not thinking that way. Joe and I, on Detroit, San Francisco, our, uh-huh. blo- our blood feud is that I like Kyle Shanahan, and he hates Kyle Shanahan. Do you, huh? I am flat up probably going to root. I hate him. He's don't, just a fraud. Don't, just between you and me. I'll probably root for San Francisco. <laughs> will you really? I probably will. I, I will I probably want, end I, up rooting for Detroit. I want Those, Kyle, they're all Warrior fans. They just won like a ni- 90 championships. I want Kyle Shanahan to win a Super Bowl. Do you? Yep. Should we still be mad at him for what happened in it? Well, it wasn't his fault in Atlanta. He's not a great game manager. That's the only problem. He he's a great he game. He's a great stuff. play caller yeah. and play designer and all that stuff. But when it comes to game management, not so. Good. See, I want the Dan Niners. Campbell is that, the guy you want for that's, this. That's that's what makes that game interesting. You've got one team that's very good at it, Detroit, yeah. and one team that's very bad at it, San Francisco. Which is so funny because you would never think of like one Detroit 
hardworking muscle man uh, Dan Campbell is the guy that is up with all the numbers, and Mr. Silicon Valley, you know, trendy hats Kyle Shanahan is the guy that doesn't understand it. A lot of anger there. Let me ask you this. <laughs> would, would in any way, would the whoever wins the Super Bowl influence how the Bills do any roster work in the offseason? And if so, who? Like, it would if... If there's sometimes when a team wins, they go, oh, wow, well, well, they just load up on offense and they didn't worry about defense. Let's follow so-and-so. Nobody did that, but, of course, it should be men- mentioned that Baltimore finally decided to get their guys some that's, weapons. That's what I was going to say. Like, Would they like, look uh, at Baltimore Zay and Fla- say – Zay Flowers. They Zay went Flowers. First Rash- round, right? Rashad Bateman's yeah. a first-round receiver, right? First-round pick. He was first-round. Yep. Uh, he's back. They've got two good tight Beckham. ends. Beckham. they got Beckham. Yeah. Right. They didn't. They didn't stop. They kept going. And, and how about Detroit? You know, they they own. They had. They got Laporta. I mean, they had a good receiving core, and then they they basically overhauled their their running back group. Even though it wasn't that bad. Well, and they they also in terms of their their we've talked about identity for the Bills on offense. The Ravens went so far from one direction of the run heaviest team in the league, and they're not the pass happiest team in the league, but. They're near the top now, Are they? and that's a massive. That's a massive change from where they were with Greg Roman. Yeah, where they were the run heaviest team in the league like every year, and it wasn't even close. And maybe the Bills would look at that of hey, they decided to open things up, they decided to pass more, invest in receiver, and look what happened. They won. Yeah, but the Bills went the other direction and decided to run more. Yeah, and San Francisco does it with the run game. San Francisco ends up with the fewest pass attempts in football this year. Really? Now some of that's game script because they're up, they're up a lot. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, the, the Ravens were the seventh pass happiest team in the league wow. this year. The Bills, Over the previous four years, they were dead last. Where are the Bills? They drifted far, huh? The Bills Middle were the on the sea. Actually, sorry, Baltimore by the way was twenty eighth before in the previous four. Uh, the Bills this year, yeah. The Bills this year, ne- ended... neutral pass rate. When they're really good, they're top three. Where they finish? They finished because I had it up. Dorsey versus Brady. They were not. They were twelfth under Joe Brady. Uh, that's, that's horrible. Ooh. That's horrible. There we go. Season totality, the Bills finished ninth. That's bad. Uh, that's not good. That's a big drop. Yeah. So anyway, uh, tonight I'll be over 10 o'clock. Sabres Ducks. I know you're jazz. It's going to be a late game. 10 o'clock at night? Yeah. So after 9 p.m. you'll be coming at, over? They, they call doing, it Sabres after dark. You're doing post game today, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, Cozio has so much fun. I couldn't take that from him. I'm all jazzed up about apparently Raw's going to Netflix. I did, yeah. That's what I heard. So yeah, I got to go home and watch Raw from last night. Sabers Ducks, ten o'clock. I think the most depressed I've ever been sitting in this chair was doing post game at two o'clock in the morning if they lost like seven nothing to the Oilers. A lot of people listening at that point. (laughs) Your family wouldn't even stay up to listen to you at that point. Right. (laughs) All right. Thank you for coming in and just you know yelling about the Bills. Love you, boys. All right. Hang in there. See you, Howard. Callers 5 and 6 right now at 716-221-4WGR. Win a four-pack of tickets for one-day admission to the 2024 Buffalo Auto Show. Coming to the Buffalo Convention Center on Thursday, February 1st, and runs through Sunday, February 4th. Go to buffaloautoshow.com for tickets and details. 803-0550. Mike in Lancaster, quickly. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Mike, you there? Radio uh, down. Oh, no, Mike. All right, Sean instead. Hey, Sean. Hello. Um, good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good, Sean. All right. Um, I have a, I'm a lifelong Bills fan, and I only call one time a year, and it's always after our playoff loss around this time of year. So um, I have a question. You guys hear me out. Um, it's an opinion and a question. Now, do you think that the Buffalo Bills have gone so long without a franchise quarterback and now that we finally have one, 
that we don't have that, um, quote, authoritative person on the side. You know, we see him in commercials and he's dating movie stars and stuff like that. Do you think we have that person, that authoritative person, or a clean enough, a clever enough offensive coordinator to tell him, hey, Josh, don't do that. I, I mean, and, you know, and the point that I'm trying to get at, we all know the first play after the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter that's been all on social media with Diggs open on the crosser and he throws to Shakir. Now, I know that Chris Jones bulldozed Derek Deion Dawkins and that changed the trajectory on that throw. The point I'm trying to make is we was running the ball all game. We was dinking and dunking all game. We was throwing to the sidelines all game. Why there? Even if we score a touchdown there, we're pitting a hobbled defense back on the field with a minute and 50 seconds left. I don't know about you all, but I don't like those chances. But instead, they got off of the script that they did for 58 minutes and 13 seconds and say, hey, it was right after the two-minute warning, too. So they had time to think about, don't you think that we need somebody? And who do you blame it on, the coach or the quarterback? Because you need somebody on the awareness like, hey, we're beating these guys with the, with the system, with the script that we had. Why is Josh trying to play hero ball here? Well, and, and I, one I, more thing, guys. Yeah. One, one, one more thing. We can all agree that generational quarterbacks have three stages of their career. We all can agree that we are in the second part of Josh Allen's career. The second stage, I mean, I'm sorry. And we have, I want to say, about three more years of this version of the Josh Allen that we are seeing. Just like Chris Brown said and a lot of your people said, shouldn't we start surrounding him right now with more twitchy wide receivers and more low center or gravity running backs? And what type of trade package do you all think that we can get to move up to get Marvin Harrison <laughs> and I'm off the air and go Bills. Thanks, Sean. There's no chance. Like ten percent of the franchise. Yeah, they can't get Marvin Harrison Jr., but they can get a great receiver in this class. On uh, a couple things you said, you know the point about throwing it into the end zone to Shakir there, like he does it because it's open, it's available. I thought he could have just slid in the pocket and delivered rather than stand there for Dawkins he, to get pushed into him. He throws it because he's not expecting to get hit at time of throw. He thinks that's a touchdown, yeah. and he's probably right. If he's not contacted, that's a touchdown 10 times out of 10. Right, and I think I'm taking that. The whole thing about game plan, they were not I, – I will forever push back on the idea that they were doing some amazing job in their game plan. They were averaging their worst yards per play in a half of the year. It was not amazing, but they were consistently getting like 3.6 four times, and that's a first down. So to take a shot in the end zone, I didn't have a problem with it. I don't know if Allen needs someone to tell him that. If he takes that shot in the end zone, what happens? The Chiefs go down and they score, and then the Bills get the ball back, and they're going to have to score. You know, it came down to – I'm glad you said, like, shorter, quick, twitchy receivers because I, I just responded to somebody on Twitter about how I want a big pass catcher, a big target guy like a Mike Evans, and I'm just not at all afraid of a smaller receiver. Go get get yeah. in a Monra St. Brown, you know. Yeah. Get a Zay Flowers, somebody that wins at all three levels despite not being huge. You <clears> – <throat> Right. There are also six four guys that are going to be good. So I'm going to welcome the good ones. I don't care how big they are, how small they are. Just go get somebody. But, you know, they're not all huge. How big is Michael Pittman Jr.? You know, he's a free agent you probably can't afford. He might be a little taller. But... Okay. 
He can might I, be a little taller, but can I get this year's version of Jaden Reed? He was there like you five. Go. He was like five ten, five eleven. Yeah. There's lots of lots of good receivers out there. Go get one. They're so far behind. Not going to be mad about it. All right, we're we'll going to break in. Thanks, Sean, for the phone call. Um, more of your calls, Stephen, Mike, on the other side. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty. Sabres head coach Don Granado at the bottom of the hour to preview a uh, Western Conference trip for the Sabres that starts in Anaheim tonight. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.